U.S. drug prices have been soaring for years, and insulin is one of the worst offenders. Its price has gone up 1,000% over three decades, leading more than 1 million Americans to ration this life-saving drug. Now, Eli Lilly is slashing prices by 70%. Have we entered a new era of drug affordability, or is this announcement just a lot of hot air? Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the president of Walgreens Health. David, of course it's a big deal. I mean, they're cutting the list price across the board by 70%. And the most important thing probably for those who've been suffering from excessively high drug prices is they're capping out-of-pocket costs for patients at, you know, 35 bucks a month. And, you know, previously it could cost as much for an uninsured person as a thousand dollars a month. So that's, that's a big deal, David, even, even for someone, even for a big spender like yourself. John, I'm going to have to disagree with you if you can believe it. So you said they're cutting prices across the board and that's not quite true, John. They went to some of those. That's what I read. I mean, don't you believe everything that big pharma says, David? They, you know, they, they go to some of like those old models sitting in the back room and they cut the price of those, John. It's their older products. They're cutting the list price of, of those uh, by 70%. So, yes, it's true. And it is a big deal. And President Biden uh, applauded it as such. And it comes uh, after he's been calling for just such such a move. And in fact, you know, in the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, there, the cost of insulin is capped at $35 per month, the out-of-pocket for Medicare recipients. There was a discussion to move it to everybody, didn't happen in legislation, and now the bully pulpit has achieved it. So it's a big deal, but it's not across the board, Well, job. David, I, I really want you to think about the patient. What does the price cut mean for Americans who need insulin? So it's usual it's not as big of a deal as what people think. What it means is that if you're taking the basic form of insulin, and you have commercial insurance, and you have a program that uh, it, that where you have to spend a lot out of pocket, your out of pocket cost is going to drop. However, if you are taking, for example, the pre-filled syringe, price of that is staying unchanged at $530 per vial. So it doesn't mean all that much to individuals, but it is a big deal perhaps for what it means about price cuts in the pharma space overall. Wrong, wrong, and wrong again. I think it's a very big deal that the prices are being cut or capped. This is this is the beginning of a movement that you and I both identified where I do think that the 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 un uh, the 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 unhindered increase in costs of drugs that are non-novel between 2010 and 2019 uh, just under 10 years, the price of insulin like this tripled for no good reason. Same drug, same impact. Insulin was was contributed to the world by two Canadian sciences as a gift for two pennies. And those that have been manufacturing it and distributing it in the US, it's probably the most egregious example of excessive overpricing. 40% of the country is pre-diabetic. We've got an epidemic of diabetes. Diabetes is a disease of com complexity. It leads to blindness. It leads to uh, amputation. It leads to un many, when it's unmanaged, a lot of unnecessary visits to the, do to the, to the, to the doctor and to the hospital and to unnecessary illness. I, so I think this is quite a big deal for two reasons. It's hitting, it's potentially healing 
creating, allowing access to healing solutions for a big part of a, a, a population that disproportionately is of color and poor. And this is a direct support for them to stay on their drugs. And it also, to your point, kind of speaks to a different relationship between America as a purchaser of drugs and the manufacturers who, who in addition to inventing the drugs and distributing them, have been overcharging in many cases for non-novel compounds. John, insulin is a big deal, of course, for those that take it. But most people uh, don't take insulin. They take other medications, and those have been very expensive. I think we're seeing actually some broader implications for the pharmacy market and for healthcare policy. President Biden is being very clever right at the moment, you know, in these uh, kind of game of chicken over the debt ceiling. Uh, he's been accusing the Republicans of planning to cut Medicare, and they've been denying it, but they haven't put a plan out there. Now, President Biden is putting a plan out there that says, hey, we have the Inflation Reduction Act, which established the principle that you could negotiate drug prices. And he says, here's how we actually make Medicare sustainable, not by cutting benefits or increasing the age, but say, let's actually take those drugs that are subject to negotiation and put more of them in sooner so that there'll be more of a savings and cap the out-of-pocket at least for drugs for chronic conditions, at $2 a month. So I think he's really being clever with this, and it may establish some real momentum. It's really exciting. But David, why is Eli Lilly reducing the prices now? I think what's happened is that they are just really getting the pressure. Now, they have not actually increased prices since about 2017, even though we talked about 1,000% increases uh, over the last three decades. Those have actually uh, plateaued, and I think it's direct pressure uh, from the government and from popular opinion, the Inflation Reduction Act in particular uh, has brought this to a fore. The news that people are uh, rationing insulin, a million people or more in the United States, I think the estimates are 1.3 million. And I think the bully pul pulpit has been effective for President Biden, including in the State of the Union, where he called this out fairly directly. Yeah, I mean, David, this is a very big deal. I, you keep poo-pooing it. I actually think it's you're sort of suggesting. And by the way, yes, the 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 price for a ten milligram vial uh, actually did go from about one hundred nine dollars. And you're right, it didn't triple over between 2010 and 2019. I think it went up to two ninety. So there. So your math is better, but the point still stands that this is egregious. These are excessively high margin drugs for very vulnerable populations. And the prices have been going up at unconscionably high rates. 30 million people in the US have diabetes. 40% of the population is pre-diabetic. And over 7 million people take insulin. Um, I, I think this is a massive win for vulnerable populations. And I do think, or I do think you're right though, is that there's this almost a structural change potentially in the way the government starts to negotiate in at a time of, of an unwillingness to raise taxes or truly cut benefits, <laughs> the margins for big pharma look pretty attractive. And, you know, I think that there's an opportunity to parse the those non-novel drugs like insulin, uh, where I think the government can leverage its pricing uh, power or 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 and its appropriate responsibilities as a purchaser and still protect some of the novel therapies that you know pharma should be rewarded for even if we're paying a high price for new healing therapies but david just contextually why is insulin so expensive in the united states specifically 
I think it's because of our philosophy. In other countries, people wouldn't think about healthcare as a business. In other countries, the cost of insulin is something like you know ten dollars per vial, as opposed to hundreds of dollars uh, here. I remember studying economics, and one of the first examples they give in terms of price elasticity is to say, you know, what are things that you really can't choose what you're, how much you're going to buy? And insulin was the example. So sort of no matter what the price, you're going to get it if you need it. And, and so governments have generally translated that into, so therefore you can get it for free, so you're not abused by uh, the sellers of it. In the United States, we just have had a different view about that. You mentioned the inventors. So uh, one of the inventors, Frederick Banting, he transferred the patent to the University of Toronto for a dollar. And he said, quote, insulin does not belong to me. It belongs to the world, end of quote. And most people, most countries took that as uh, took that seriously. And in the United States, we took it a little differently because of how we think about the healthcare system. So, David, is it is it just Lilly in this game or, or are there other mania? Aren't there, I, I, aren't, what happens to Novo Nordisk and Sanofi and the other folks who are manufacturing it and distributing it in the U.S.? So Lilly and Novo Nordisk are the two biggest players by far, Sanofi being the third player, and, and together they have more than 90% of the insulin market. Now, Novo actually introduced its own generic product in 2021 in conjunction with Walmart. Lilly itself also has a, a generic product uh, on the market too. So there has been a little bit of, uh, of tinkering and monkeying around, but there's three players and it's an, it's an oligopoly, John, is what it is. But there's also... Uh, the role of the pharmaceutical benefit managers and distributors in this too. Lilly says on their website that they only net $43 a a vial. So while you've been talking about $275, which is the list price for the product that uh, that they're cutting, they say, hey, we only get a few pennies out of this after the nasty PBMs are done with us. Yeah. Do you believe that? Do you buy that? I don't buy insulin, John, but you're you're the expert. What do you think? I I think we know. We know that there is a that the the biggest margins and the biggest dollars are still made on the margins of pharma versus anyone else in the healthcare system. So I I'm a little skeptical. I'm sure there are some PBMs and health plans that are playing games, but I it's the manufacturers who control where the price starts and where the margin goes. Uh, everybody else is is participating in this uh, gravy train, and I think that I think the roles I think there's I think there's mistakes on all all around, but it's when you're overcharging for something that's effectively a generic already because it's not novel. It's been around for a hundred years that vulnerable people need and you control the marketing and distribution and you, you keep increasing the price. They wouldn't keep increasing the price if they weren't continuing to make more money. And you see that in the stock prices and the valuations. Um, so David, what do you think this is going to mean for other drug pricing and other drug companies? And frankly, for consumers' out-of-pocket costs elsewhere. John, I think it's good news. I think this is one of those things where the specific uh, results of this decision, this announcement, are not as big as they seem. Yes, they're slashing prices, but it only affects a few people. It only affects certain products and so on. However, I believe that it's actually uh, the beginning of something bigger. It's hard for the public to get their arms around healthcare policy. But when you talk about the price of insulin and say that's going to be cut in terms of the list price and you're going to reduce the out-of-pocket, that is a th- and that that's actually going to be the way that we're going to make Medicare last longer, I actually think that's simple enough, powerful enough, and profound enough that it will make a difference to consumers. The biggest difference it's going to make is it may well 
extend the life of Medicare, and it may give President Biden the upper hand in negotiations uh, over the debt ceiling increase. Well, and you've got really, I think it's a really clever point approach as well, but you've also got broad bipartisan support that pharma prices are too high, particularly for those who can't pay. I mean, it's the one thing that Bernie and Trump really agreed on, which is the prices are too darn high. Um, but 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 I guess, I guess so the farm is the loser here. How much money is Lily going to lose based on this new policy? <laughs> John, I'm going to give a short answer to this question. The answer is that Lily's not really likely to lose any money as a direct result uh, of this. It's tinkering around the margins. They can still raise prices elsewhere. It only affects a small percentage of the people that they are selling to. It's commercial product. Uh, so to the extent that you get more commercial market share, you know they're going to probably be net net uh, about even, but it is likely the one the one that took things too far and will bring down prices across the drug industry overall. That's my thought on it, John. And that's it for yet another episode of Care Talk. We've been talking about the dramatic or not price slashing by Eli Lilly on insulin, which makes John Driscoll's dreams come true. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the president of Walgreens Health. If you liked what you heard or you didn't, please subscribe on your favorite service. And yes, it does warm my heart, David. <laughs>